The following is a presentation of ComedyVoices.com. Joey, let me ask you a question. Yes. When you drink water, do you want lead in it? I do not. Neither do the people in Flint, Michigan. Stay tuned to the show and find out what we're talking about. Hey, it's time to visit ComedyVoices.com. Powered by digital media. Find your voice. Led by stand-up labs and UCB comedy, you'll get your fill of cutting-edge laughs to get you through the daily grind. Subscribe to your favorite show now on ComedyVoices.com. A digital media production. Coming to you from the top of the stand-up New York Comedy Club... This is a Stand Up Labs production, powered by ComedyVoices.com. Find your voice. Very serious. The Mandatory Samson Podcast, coming to you live from Stand Up New York Labs in the heart of New York City, Manhattan. Hi, everyone. My name is Chris Flannery. I'm joined by the lovely uh, crew neck sweatshirted genius from the South, Joseph Anthony Noe. I'm not from the South, but thank you for the nice intro. Don't reject that intro. That's a wonderful intro. I think you should accept it. Uh, we are producing the program, just the two of us today, Joey. How do you feel about that? Feels good, Chris. Feels good. <laughs> uh, welcome to the program, everyone. I believe we have a very well-balanced episode for you today. Uh, State of the Union coverage. I got a couple of clips from that that we'll play. We'll just do a general discussion about it. Okay. You watched the State of the Union, correct? Yes, I did. All right. Flint, Michigan's water issues, which is a fucked up story that we're going to get into that I feel uh, pretty strongly about. Uh, Oregon militia update. Hillary Clinton's attacks on Bernie Sanders, which Samsonites... We told you this was going to go down exactly the way it's going down, and we're going to get into that a little bit later in the show. I'm pretty annoyed at Hillary Clinton. i got to be honest with you, Joey. Oh, are you going to go off on her today? Yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, create fake anger or anything, but we'll <laughs> we'll see where it goes. Uh, also, a little bit of uh, different stuff at the end of the show. We're going to get into Ricky Gervais's um, Golden Globes monologue. Oh, nice. Where he's being accused of some transphobia uh, against Caitlyn Jenner and things like that. We have a clip. We'll get into it. I have an article that I read that that kind of annoyed me. I don't know. We, we can just get into that, but that's a good one. And then we're going to uh, also have an interesting story about a quandary involving a monkey and a selfie, which is a little vague, but I think it's an interesting story. Oh, we definitely have to get into that. We're 100% going to get into that, Joey. Also, as I understand it, you're going to close the show with a fuck up of the week. Is that right? Yes. Uh, okay, great. We also have two quick shout outs and an email. You want to get into those real quick? Yes. Snapchat shout out to Natty Bo. Uh, he enjoyed the show last week, he said. Well, fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you, Natty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to clip that. That was a bit fantastic. Uh, yeah, thank you. We appreciate it. Also, the guys from the Brain Bust podcast, which I think we've mentioned on the oh, program yes, before, have. they're uh, always been supportive of our show. They, they were inspired by this show to start their own because yes. they were like, if these two dunces can do a program, we probably can too. Uh, go to the Brain Bust Wait, let me get it right. Yeah, thebrainbust.com. They uh, set up a whole website there. They're going to put up articles, and the the podcast link will be on there. So if you guys feel like it, go uh, go check, check it, it out. out. Yeah, give them a little support. All right. Also, 
Fool22 on Snapchat sent me an email over Snapchat, essentially. He just told me that he was being he was too lazy to write an email, so he sent me this whole thing, uh, which I'll read in a second. So he snap-mail you? Yeah, snap-mailed me, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking it was like 3 in the morning. I was peeing, and I'm like, oh, look at this. Because I'm too anal. I will accept it w- once, but I'm too anal, and I will try to answer that email immediately, and it's like, no, it's 3 in the morning. I can't do it, but I did answer him, and I, I don't really care. Okay. Uh, oh. Before we get into that, yes, you yesterday were talking about the show, how we're going to you know, set it up and all this stuff. Yes. You're like, we're going to talk about Bowie, right? And I was like, no, I wasn't. I don't know. I wasn't planning on it, but you- How could you not talk about this man? Uh, look, I, from everything I've heard of the guy, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't listen to a lot of David Bowie. Uh, okay. I didn't know a ton about it. I mean, obviously, I know who David Bowie is. And, yes. You know, but like, as far as him influencing my life, not a ton, but I do understand that a lot of people apparently were- Affected by him. I didn't know that you were such a... uh... I'm not. It's just that when someone of this significance passes on, you have to make a note of it. All right. So are you prepared to make a note of it here? Go ahead. A great question in life is how does one celebrate life? It's hilarious. You have like a PowerPoint presentation. Especially a life that was lived by David Robert Jones, better known as David Bowie. Oh, his, his real name was David Jones? Yes. Interesting. Which of his many talents do you start with? His great ability at singing, songwriting, or his work on featured films? Right. What I do know that is totally dis- totally dishonors him is being planned by the Westboro Baptist Church. The church plans on protesting his life at the memorial concert planned for Carnegie Hall. Right. Well, okay, yeah. <laughs> that shit is... I don't know. I mean, at a certain point, the Westboro Baptist Church, it's like, whatever, just let them protest. Like, they're going to go protest David Bowie. If, if they're going to protest anything, yes, yeah, it might as well be David Bowie, right? Because he, he's got to stand completely in contrast to everything that they, uh, you know, they supposedly yeah. believe, right? So, virtually, the outcome is right across the street from the church uh-huh. is another organization known as Planting Peace. Uh, them and work with... Uh, cloud raise they're gonna raid they're gonna have a campaign to raise money for children th- that have cancer in his memory oh that's great that's really nice okay so they're fighting the uh the ignorance and intolerance of the westboro baptist church with a good cause yes all right very good oh please and because you don't know that much about david bowie i just want to let you know don't talk down to me joey <laughs> just recently he released his 25th that's right 25th studio album black star yes yeah. Oh, I don't know anything about Bowie. How about that? Boom, Black Star. I pulled that right out. Well done. Uh, yeah, no, it's kind of amazing. Right, and he released it a few days before he died, which is crazy. People didn't really know he was sick or anything. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm probably going to know more about him now. Like, I'll do, like, a little more, re- you know, because people are putting out their kind of memorials about it. And I'll, yeah. You know, maybe get into his music a little bit more. But certainly from everything that I've read and heard of people posting, he, this, this was, like, a true artist and a guy that did not um, – compromise his vision ever in yes. any way so you got to respect that i definitely respect that and uh farewell sweet prince uh <laughs> or whatever whatever Goblin the phrase is. yeah i mean you know we're at rest rest in peace and uh he made his mark on the world certainly yes he has now you also were like when alan rickman died so you got to bring that up too yeah good uh, you, we just did, did. You prepare a whole th- oh that's all we're saying okay yeah uh who's great the- movie store oh we have three already Who's the third? Lemmy. Well, what? Lemmy. Oh, okay. We could say Lemmy started this whole Yeah, uh, so it was Lemmy. Thing. Okay. Yeah, so that's the three. Fair enough. All right, so Alan Rickman closes the circle of three as opposed to being the second in a, in a series. Yes. Fair enough. 
yeah, I mean, for people that don't know what we're talking about, we always do that. Me and Joey always joke, but it's a uh, it's a pretty well known thing. I think that celebrities die in threes. So okay, there you go. Lemmy, David Bowie, and Alan Rickman. Yep. All right. Well, farewell, gentlemen. Uh, thank you for your contributions to the world. You ready to get into this? We got an email. We'll we'll do mm-hmm. that. We'll answer it. It's sort of a just a little story. It's like a little anecdote. Okay. And then we'll uh, we'll get into the State of the Union stuff because I think it's good. This is from Fool22 on Snapchat. He goes, Snapchatting because I'm too lazy to email. Again, I will accept it once. Send an email. Wait, so he sent a te- like a text message to Snapchat? He sent me a snap. Yeah, yeah, you could send. Yeah, you didn't know that? Yeah, you no, I send- had no idea. Oh, my God, Joey. Yeah, you can send messages on Snapchat. That's majority oh. of what I get. Yeah, people are sending, uh, you know, comments or whatever that I, t- I respond back to. Oh, I was under the impression that Snapchat was just video. It's no, you can, well, yeah, you can, I can, so like, say he sent me this whole like uh-huh. email thing. I could have responded back in a video, Oh, okay. but it was just, you know, we, we chatted for a little bit. So it's, right. it's both Joey learning something new every day. Fool 22 says Snapchatting, Snapchatting because I'm too lazy to email. Crazy comparison here. Episode 61, which mm-hmm. was, uh, this is now two episodes ago at the 55 minute mark. You say that if Tamir Rice was white running in the park with a play gun, he wouldn't have been shot. I was raised in a nice, generally white neighborhood. When I was 12, possibly younger, three of my friends and I went to our local park with our airsoft guns. Granted, they were orange-tipped, and I don't know if Tamir's was, but that's beside the point. Me and my buddies were shooting each other with what looked like real guns in the most popular park in town as families continued to let their kids play at the playground right next to us. When I heard the Tamir story, it gave me chills because I was that kid, just in a different setting. No disturbance, no police, nothing. Just a strange little comparison thought I'd share. Really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly the point, right? Yes. That's why we do this. And that's why it's important to have these conversations and talk about even uncomfortable subject matter because then you can compare your experiences and be like, huh, that's weird. The 12-year-old black kid got killed. And I, I'm just assuming from this description that, that he's white. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the white kid did not get killed <laughs> yeah. for doing the same thing. You know what I mean? And that's the... Why? We can answer the question. Maybe it was just a one-off. Maybe it was just the police. But it seems like there's some kind of weird pattern going on here. Yes. And unless we share the experiences with each other. How would we know? How would we know? Don't get necessarily bogged down with word policing, which is something we're going to get into a little bit later. Like, Mm -hmm. stop just assuming that everything about, well, whatever. We'll get into it later. Okay. But, like, being so oversensitive and afraid to have conversations leads to more strife and division and, and problem fear. and fear certainly because you fear things you don't understand. If you talk and you share your experiences, then it's way more likely that you're going to be able to, um, you know, get to the bottom of something or at least get to some kind of common ground. Thank you very much for, for sharing that. And, uh, I think it's totally relevant. Yes. Um, all right. So we did that now state of the union. You said you watched it. Mm-hmm. Any general thoughts? Cause again, I have like eh, five minutes of clips pretty much okay. just a couple of little things that I noticed. Uh, any general thoughts about the State of the Union, Joey? Yes. Um, would you want me to oh, just... Oh, by the way, yes. there is a GOP debate tonight, tonight uh, which is actually after, if you're listening to this, it already happened. Mm-hmm. There's also a Democratic debate on Saturday, so the next episode, probably going to be debate coverage heavy, but we'll figure it out, okay. but uh, I'm just throwing it out there. It's two debates. Yeah, it's too, too many debates. <laughs> All right, so I wrote down some keywords, and I want for you to see if you share the same things. The All first right. thing I wrote down was TPP. Yeah. Okay. Second thing I wrote down was terrorists. Okay. Paul Ryan, Kim Davis, and Biden. 
Okay, I don't know. I don't know what you want me to do. What do you want me to do? Uh, I don't know. What play? When I mentioned those woods, Uh what did you see going on during the State (laughs) of the Union? Well, I mean, as far as the TPP is concerned, you know, it came up and Obama heralded it as something that is going to be a positive for the economy and that it's like a a way for us to control China, essentially. Whereas it's kind of a rebuke on Trump that he brought up where Trump said that, China is kind of behind the whole thing and they're going to use it to manipulate blah, blah, blah. Obama was saying, no, it's the opposite. This is a 20, you know, a 21st century idea. Um, you know, and, and it's, it's our way of actually being able to keep China in check because we have influence then and it lowers the price of goods and all mm. that stuff. Is that what you were kind of looking yes. for there? All right, I, 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 I kind of thought he's kind of misleading us on that one. Oh, I, absolutely. There's no doubt about it. I mean, there was a lot of good stuff in this speech, and I and we'll get into it. I, I like did my you know live blog notes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, as much good as there is with Obama and stuff that I agree with him on, and I think he's certainly going to be and will have been better than you know a number of Republicans that would be in office. Yeah, there's still things like that where. He's in the bubble, and the TPP is being t- sold to him and told t- to him that it's a good mm. idea, and he is going to run with that. Yeah. I disagree with them. We've covered the TPP a lot, and I think it's a a dangerous thing. Again, the global economy in general is going to put American workers in a situation where they are now competing against the lowest common denominator in terms of wages mm-hmm. and even education in a lot of ways. So it, it drives the cost of things down, and I, I'm kind of against it from that perspective, but... It is what it is. And uh, Twitter went crazy with Paul Ryan. Yeah, what about Paul Ryan? I mean, he's sitting there with his fucking jerk-off face behind the president, but that's the that's the problem with any speaker. That, even when Boehner's back there, it's like, yeah. you know, not clapping, not getting interested. Stone face. Smirky. Yeah, I mean, that's the nature of the beast. He's just sitting behind the president, so and he can't. He can, but he won't agree with him. No. So, you know, it, it is what it is. The uh, the one interesting thing is I would love to see what his initiative on poverty is, Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, they made reference to that. Obama praised him for that, yes. right? Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I mean, again, that you know, that's all stuff that'll play out. This is, yeah. this is mostly theatrics, right? That's what it is. And I think Obama did a good job of playing up the theatrics of his last State of the Union address. Yeah, he had a lot of laughs in it. Yeah, well, we'll get into that. What what else? You had some other like word association there. Yes, or what? Uh, the, the next one was Kim Davis. Yeah, she was there. She was there. I have a note. Uh, oh, by the way, Kim Davis was there. Whose <laughs> guest was she? Do you have any interest in? I honestly don't know. Yeah, I don't know who invited her, but you know, it's like you know, that's just for whoever invited her to be like, I invited Kim Davis, and then they could use that as sort of their story for the year. You know. Yeah. Uh, I don't have a problem with her being there. Of course, she's there. I I I did thought that uh, Biden and. Paul kind of did share a lot of sentiments. Apparently, they were chit chatting a little bit during the. Uh, oh, absolutely! Look, we, you get down to it. Why are these people taking hush money essentially for major corporations? Why are they doing all the backhanded, uh, you know, shit that they're doing all the time, sniping each other on TV and and going through all the rigmarole? Because it's fucking awesome to be in power, and that's why they're doing it. Power corrupts them. And when they're all there together and they see this grand show and they know they're on TV. They're having a fun time. Yeah, it's giving them a, they love it. It turns them on. That's why they're there. Because they're really, they really don't. I mean, I'm sure there's a couple of them uh, that you're just never going to get them to agree. But at the end of the day, what do they care? They have great jobs. Their families are set. They're in power. They're in control. Nobody's really fucking with them. 
They love it. Yeah, he, uh, Obama actually spoke to that point about... Don't, do, 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 okay, don't say it, because I have fine. that clip. But that's, okay, yes, you were Done. astutely mentioned, Joey. Go ahead. Okay, go ahead. Play the clip. Oh, okay, all right. So let's get into the State of the Union clip. I wrote a little thing after the fact, okay. which is different than I normally do with the debates, but the president took a hawkish tone about ISIS and terrorism, as he probably had to do. At the same time, he seemed jokey, relaxed, and obviously having fun most of the speech, right? Yes. You, you would tend to agree with that. This is his last one, and he acted like a guy who knew it and felt confident about his place in history, essentially, is how I uh, how I read this guy. Mm-hmm. It seems like he's been here, done that, looking out like, I did a pretty goddamn good job. Like, you know, he's probably reflect. Everybody reflects around New Year's, whatever. This is uh, kind of the ending of the year, State of the Union, starting the new year. And he's got to be looking back. Is like, I did good. Yeah. I, you did all right. You did good, kid. Look a little older. Got a little great. Got two great daughters. Michelle, looking fine. Michelle did look fine, by the way. Mm-hmm. Terrific. Uh, but anyway, but so you know what I mean? So I think he had a little bit of a jokey tone. And because of the election, I think he has to sound a lot more hawkish on uh, terrorism and things like that so the Democrats can be credible. Yes. Because that's always the thing. Oh, the conservatives, the Republicans, they, they're the ones that uh, keep the protect the country. Yeah, yeah, okay. He's been in office for eight years and we've been fine. And I think he's been a pretty aggressive military and hawkish uh, president for, for the most part. All right, first clip I got here, it's just three clips. Obama talks real tough and gets real as a guy who definitely knows what he's talking about. He runs the damn country. It's not just bluster, which we've come to expect quite a bit of bluster from the uh, you know the people running for, for office right now. All right, so this is Obama uh, just getting, getting real. Mm-hmm. I told you earlier, all the talk of America's economic decline is political hot air. Well, so is all the rhetoric you hear about our enemies getting stronger and America getting weaker. Let me, let me tell you something. The United States of America is the most powerful nation on earth. Period. Period. It's not even close. It's not even close. It's not even close. We spend more on our military than the next eight nations combined. Our troops are the finest fighting force in the history of the world. nation attacks us directly or our allies because they know that's the path to ruin i like that line the path to ruin Mm -hmm. which is uh certainly the truth i like that he's like it's not even close like stop saying that we're weakening our military. we're not you know we're not we have we spend way more on everything than the other countries combined you know that that's real that's a guy that is there and it's almost like he knows he's at the end of this thing, so he doesn't have to pull as many punches as maybe he thought he had to. Or, you know, there's also something to be said about experience. He's eight years in now, seven mm-hmm. years in. So he gets what he's what what he can say and, and how he can say it. And I respect him coming out and, and being forceful like that. Yeah. Because, again, until you're in the job, you don't really know what the job entails. Yeah. And 
he is one of 40, you know, three people or one less than that that have that have held this position. So all this other bullshit that comes from people that are running for all, they don't know. Yeah, it's just sound bites. It's just sound bites. And I, I think I have a clip of him saying something to that effect. Let's wrap up with this one, then we'll move on to the next one. Surveys show our standing around the world is higher than when I was elected to this office. And when it comes to every important international issue, People of the world do not look to Beijing or Moscow to lead. They call us. So, I think it's useful to level set here. Because when we don't, we don't make good decisions. All right. There we go. Yes. Not Obama getting real and talking tough. Thoughts on that, Joey, or should we go on to the next thing? Talking tough is good. I also believe that was the only point where the, uh, most of the Republicans had stood up when he said how great our troops were. Oh, of course, yeah, because they can't be they can't be caught with their pants down there. Yes. God bless the troops. You know, I mean, of course, yes. Uh, again, they deserve respect. But yeah, the Republicans are going to have, you know, that's one of the few things they absolutely have to. They can't, even though they don't want to agree with Obama, they don't want to publicly look like they're agreeing with him. They have to. They have they to. Have to. Uh, discuss, Obama discusses Syria and other refugee crises, terrorism, etc. Comes across as, quote, the adult in the room is what I put. Like, mm-hmm. I know what I'm talking Again, I've been here. I know what I'm talking about. He states the critically obvious and then crushes Ted Cruz uh, in between. Let's listen. May become safe havens for new terrorist networks. Others will just fall victim to ethnic conflict or famine, feeding the next wave of refugees. The world will look to us to help solve these problems. And our answer needs to be more than tough talk or calls to carpet bomb civilians. That may work as a TV soundbite, but it doesn't pass muster on the world stage. And th- now, again, yes. there's a lot of this is a theater. This is theater. This mm-hmm. is political theater at its finest. That, to me, the way he says that is almost imploring people like Ted Cruz or people that are going to get a, a, a sniff at the presidency. Like, stop doing that because you sound like a child when it comes to global politics when you're really doing the job you sound like a, an asshole when you say something no you like can't that. do that and i think he's saying that obama lo- again looked like the adult in the room with this because he is the adult in the room he's the only president of the united states in that fucking room and of everybody there there's maybe one other person there was hillary there i don't know okay so there might not be another single person in that room of all these powerful people there that could actually be president He's he's telling it like it is, which is really impressive. Let's uh, let's wrap up with this clip, and then the third clip, which is the the big one, I think, is sort of his uh, his closing statement. Essentially, I mean, he keeps going, obviously, in the the context of the speech, but this is sort of him talking about his regrets, the political process, democracy. Like this is it. This is the last chance he's yeah. going to get to really say some of this stuff. So I think he took advantage of it. Let's just finish with this uh, clip real quick, and then we'll we'll go to that. We also can't try to take over and rebuild every country that falls into crisis, even if it's done with the best of intentions. That's not leadership. That's a recipe for quagmire. 
spilling American blood and treasure that ultimately will weaken us. It's the lesson of Vietnam. It's the lesson of Iraq, and we should have learned it by now. Yes, amen to that. Absolutely. Correct. Uh, we forget sometimes. Oh, we yeah, we just have very selective memory in this country. Uh, all right, so this is about an hour in. Let's get to that, and I'm going to play it in two seconds when I find the clip. There we go. Beautiful. All right, again, this is Obama on democracy, the political process, and one of his few regrets as president. Person feels their voice doesn't matter. That the system is rigged in favor of the rich or the powerful or some special interest. Too many Americans feel that way right now. It's one of the few regrets of my presidency that the rancor and suspicion between the parties has gotten worse instead of better. I have no doubt a president with the gifts of Lincoln or Roosevelt might have better bridged the divide. And I guarantee I'll keep trying to be better so long as I hold this office. But my fellow Americans, this cannot be my task or any president's alone. There are a whole lot of folks in this chamber, good people, who, who would like to see more cooperation, would like to see a more elevated debate in Washington, but feel trapped by the imperatives of getting elected, by the noise coming out of your base. I know, you've told me. It's the worst kept secret in Washington. And a lot of you aren't enjoying being trapped in that kind of rancor. But that means if we want a better politics, and I'm addressing the American people now, if we want a better politics, it's not enough just to change a congressman or change a senator or even change a president. We have to change the system to reflect our better selves. Right. Nice. That's why you should elect Bernie Sanders, because that crazy old fuck is going to change the system. Whether you, he's going to change it, whether you agree with what he's doing or not. He's going to change That's going to be a totally different system when that guy's done. I think we've got to end the practice of drawing our congressional districts so that politicians can pick their voters and not the other way around. Which is gerrymandering, which we yes. talked about a number of times. Look who doesn't stand up conveniently. Let a bipartisan group do it. Yeah, the people who benefit from it aren't the ones standing Obviously. Up, right? Yeah. It's <laughs> a lot of people sitting. Yeah, of course, because they benefit from it. They're I like, believe we... No, fuck that. Like, we only want people that, that are exactly like us to vote for us. That's all. We don't want to waste our time having to deal with a diverse constituency because then we'd have to have actual policy positions. That'd be weird. We've got to reduce the influence of money in our politics so that a handful of families... How could Paul... Ro okay. People were getting annoyed at Paul Ryan. I'm annoyed at Paul Ryan. Well, he's just sitting there. How could he not stand up for that? How could you How could you sit there and think the optics of, no, I'm for corrosive money in politics. Why is Dude, that their fucking position? It is ridiculous. No. Is how it, could it, it be? Listen, is not taking a position taking a position? Yes. If, you, okay. if, so, if I say, if Obama's sentence just now was like, the Nazis were bad. And every and half the room stands up and applauds, and the other half sits there and doesn't do anything. Mm -hmm. Is that kind of them being like, "No, the Nazis are okay"? They're accepting and, and the possibly. system because they're not cheering for the sentiment of what he's saying. The sentiment is, we need to get money out of politics. Yes, C 
correct. Okay. Because otherwise it's not a democracy. Paul Ryan, the Republicans do not agree with that. Yes. Period. A hidden interest can bankroll our election. And if our existing approach to campaign finance reform can't pass muster in the courts, we need to work together to find a real solution. Because it's a problem. Good, I'll pause it. So, virtually for the last five minutes, he's been endorsing Bernie Sanders, is what you're saying. <laughs> well, and that's the other kind of, uh, yes, that's sort of the hidden aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because what, because again, we're going to get into this a little bit later with the, the Hillary Clinton stuff, but of all the things that, that Obama's saying here, yeah, Hillary probably supports a lot of it. Who's going to go further and make the most change and make the most happen? Is it going to be Hillary Clinton on these issues or Bernie Sanders? It's going to be Bernie Sanders, and mm-hmm. I have a little proof, a little evidence, maybe a little – might just be anecdotal, but I have a little evidence Ooh. Uh, to back up that point. Okay. Let's finish up here. we got 30 seconds, yeah. and then we'll move on to something else. And most of you don't like raising money. I know. I've done it. I like that. We've got to make it easier to vote, not harder. We need to modernize it for the way we live now. Oh, my God, Michelle. Perfect, Ted. She looks terrific. That's another man's wife, son. Listen, she's all she's our symbolic lady. She is our first lady, Joey. Okay. And I love that dress. She looks beautiful. It's my favorite color, Joey. That yellow looks mm-hmm. nice. This is America. We want to make it easier for people to participate. <laughs> that, I love the way he said that. Like, there, there's just certain parts of this thing where I was watching it where I was like, yeah, that's the fucking guy. Like, that's the guy. Yes. That's not the president. That's the guy. Like, this is America, dummies. Like, what are you doing? People should vote. <laughs> Why are we keeping people from voting? It's dumb. Like, exactly. Yes. Correct. Because half the room benefits if no one votes. That's the dirty secret, isn't it? The Democrats always get hammered by people on the right by saying, well, of course they want illegal immigrants here and blah, 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 because that's their base. Yeah, of course they like poor people because they're the handout crew because that's who they want. But that all that because they're just taking everything that's left. (laughs) The Republicans only have white, super rich. That's who they have. Essentially, they're not benefiting anybody else. So, of course, the Democrats have literally all other people. Sure. That's not a strategy. That's the only what else are they supposed to do? They take everybody on and their policies benefit those people. So, of course, that just makes sense. And over the course of this year, I intend to travel the country to push for reforms that do just that. But I can't do these things on my own. Changes in our political process. And not just who gets elected, but how they get elected. Yeah. That will only happen when the American people demand it. Ah, so it's not going to happen. Damn it. (laughs) That's the end of that. Yeah. That's what's meant by a government of, by, and for the people. All right. So to me, that's, uh, you know, that's Obama kind of summing up some stuff, giving some advice essentially for the future president for the next, you know, generation of people. And, Mm -hmm. you know, a reflective uh, speech. I think he did a really nice job. 
And again, you know, I mean, I wish that you saw a little bit more of this guy years ago, still a consequential president, a very consequential, consequential president. And, uh, you know, again, I mean, I think he's like a B. <laughs> he's like a B, B minus. Like pe- people want to act as though he's this, this terrible president that didn't do anything. No, he did a lot. He did pretty good. I, I We're think still you have all to give here. It time, we didn't get though. a te- Yeah, of course. Well, but o- over the course of time, everybody's legacy softens. People think Bush is okay. He's in positive numbers now, which is just baffling. I mean, it just doesn't happen? make any sense because time heals all wounds, Joey, and people just forget. People forget. All right. Final thoughts on that, or you want to move on to this Michigan uh, drinking water situation? Let's go to Michigan. Fair enough. Home of Michael Moore, the famed liberal documentarian. Michigan Governor Rick Snyder on Tuesday. Oh, you know, before we get into it, maybe this is where an ad would potentially go in in the future, so we're just going to pause. And now we're back. Michigan Governor Rick Snyder on Tuesday declared a state of emergency in Flint over issues with lead in the city's drinking water. Now, this has been going on since April of 2014. That's a long time. It's a long time. Flint switched from Lake Huron to a polluted local river for its water supply as a cost-cutting measure because obviously Detroit has just been hammered with the uh, auto industry and just a a whole mess of problems. So you got to save the money. Got to save money. Look, the water has lead in it. It is what it is. It's cheaper, though. It's cheaper than that clean water we were getting before. Now, this has been going on since April 2014. They switched mayors because obviously the original mayor wasn't doing shit. Uh, Karen Weaver, who's the current mayor, was the first to do anything about this. She declared a state of emergency on Monday, December 14th, 2015. She took office on November 9th. So pretty quickly she moved Mm -hmm. to to make something happen here. Uh, Illness protests about the the water that's been going on since april 2014 and nobody really did anything about it i'm shocked at how quiet this is it is it is crazy let me just give a couple two quick points and then we're just gonna have the conversation about it all of the eight to nine thousand kids lower than six years old were put at risk by this so every child under six years old in in michigan in flint michigan was drinking lead water, which is extremely... I think you have some of the side effects and some of the potential problems there. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, okay. Well, they can risk brain damage or whatever. We were talking yes. a little bit before the show, yeah. The interesting thing, too, is that lead is only detectable in the blood for 30 days. Right. So how many of those kids weren't even tested within that period of time? Well, you got to figure they were probably drinking it. I mean, if it's just in the water, they were drinking the water all the time. Yeah. Uh, Right now, you're looking at a $1 billion class action suit from people in Flint, Michigan, which definitely they're going to win that. And that just goes to show you, it's like the short-sighted thinking of, yeah, you know, we're going to switch to shittier water. All right, maybe there's some lead in it. Fine, we'll save money. Yeah, but now you're going to owe these people a billion dollars. So why don't you just spend the money on the people that you're supposed to be protecting anyway? I'm pretty sure they wouldn't have switched the water over if they knew that that amount of lead was in the water sure about that yes well they knew that they were definitely switching to a polluted river in a in a cash strapped town that is probably not going to be able to make sure that the the you know the waste is being taken out of it in certain parts of detroit Mm -hmm. i think the wait time for the police to show up is like 40 minutes or something or like fire like so no, they don't have any real civil services there. And again, this, this I keep saying, and again, I know I didn't say it yet. These people are being punished in America. They're being punished for being poor. Essentially, that is the only reason that this is happening to them because they can't afford 
something better. They probably can't afford to go out and buy bottled water or whatever. Uh, and they're not being they're being taken advantage of. They also are paying for this service to to poison their kids. It's fucked up in this country, the greatest country on earth, this free bastion of liberty and all this stuff, that these people are being punished for not having enough money. That's the big thing, and that's the big reason overall that I would support Bernie Sanders, is that guy thinks that because you're an American, because you're born in this country or whatever, you come to this country and you become a citizen, you are entitled to a base level of care because you're American. Yes. So do I. I completely agree with that. And these people did not get that type of treatment. And it's fucked up. And you're right. It's not being covered. It's not a huge story. No, not at all. I got some quotes from Dr. Mona Hannah Atisha. Okay. She's a pediatrician at a local hospital. Okay. And she was the first one that started testing the kids, finding out that there was a problem because her friend was like, there's something going on here. You should start testing the There's kids whatever wrong. right so she's really a, a huge factor in this whole thing and she was the one that started to do the testing these are some of her quotes you tell me if this is something that should be happening in modern america a- anywhere black white blue anywhere anywhere in america should this be what we're willing to accept this is an emer- this is an emergency People think of disasters as being hurricanes or tornadoes or ice storms, but this is a disaster right here in Flint that is alarming and absolutely gut-wrenching. We are assuming that the entire population of the city of Flint has been exposed if you drank the water or cooked with the water. In fact, cooking with the water concentrates the lead levels. Parents are traumatized. What was created here was a toxic soup. All right? Any now, this is just uh, I have like an italics. Mm-hmm. It's just like an addendum, and then another quick quote. Any physical damage done by the lead cannot be undone, but its effects can be mitigated with good nutrition, extra educational stimulation for young children, and in future extra support at school. This is her final quote. Yeah, but they're not going to get Let that. Me, this is her quote. Flint is a food desert. There are no decent grocery stores. Poverty levels, crime, and unemployment are extremely high. Yes. These are the same people that we don't, quote, want to give handouts to, that are lazy takers, that uh, why don't they pull themselves up by their bootstraps? Well, why can't they just go get a better job? Why can't they make the six fifty they're getting from McDonald's work? Like, why do they need, you know, just like, they don't. It's a snowball. You can't understand that, though. This is a prime fucking example. And it drives me bananas because it's like this is real you're talking about abstracts of like the lazy people that are just on food stamps there might be one in a hundred people that are like that yeah there's a one in a hundred successful people that are lazier or people that just inherited money there's people on all ends of the spectrum because we're just people this shit really frustrates me it was it's water they need water yeah but it was cost effective but was it? Because they're going to end up having to pay out a billion fucking dollar settlement to these people. We see how the court case goes. Well, of course, but they're going to owe money there. So the money that they're going to end up paying out in settlement anyway, after and, damage is done to and these And the question kids, is, where is that money coming from? Of course. Well, and right. And it's going to, exactly. Well, it's going to be coming from the municipality, which is then going to be paid by the rest of the country because they're going to need money. They're, they're going to go bankrupt otherwise. Because mm-hmm. you're not going to ask the people to pay their own settlement. They were already paying for the water. They're suing now because that that service that was being provided to them was killing them. It was a toxic soup. Yes. <sighs> that shit really bothers me. In America, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, what? How can we look at the rest of the world? And look, the United States does a lot of good in the world. No doubt about that. 
How can we look at the rest of the world, though? And try to fix it if we can't get people here clean water? Criticize their way of life. Pretend that we're going to go into Iraq or Syria and rebuild those places and, and defend them again. Are you out of your fucking mind? In Flint fucking Michigan, we you can't, can't, get them we clean can't water. keep... Forget clean water. We can't keep lead, right? It's like, it doesn't have to be the best tap water in the world, but it's like, we can't do that. But we're going to go to Iraq and build shit? Like, are you out of your minds? It's just a pipe dream, Joey. It's crazy. Uh, you got you to pick your battles. Well, this should be a battle that everybody in this country, this should be something that's being talked about every day on the news all the time. Like, can we get like, and just end ever before every commercial break and be like, and by the way, can we get Flint, Michigan, some fucking clean water? Yeah. And then it just goes to like a tide commercial. <laughs> uh, all right. Any, any final thought on that, Joey? Uh, it's a shame. Yeah. I mean, it, these kids are going to grow up with problems now bigger because again i've read articles about the fact that like you're probably in some cases i mean i forget what the study was exactly but long term being born a crack baby being born to a mother who does crack Mm -hmm. you're probably better off long term than somebody that's born into poverty in terms of being able to get out of that situation have a a better chance of going on to to get out of that it's insane and what are, what are we doing to these people? They're already in poverty. They're in a terrible situation. Now you're sickening them. You're poisoning them. It's just a you're just you're just making it harder. And then we're going to blame them yes. for being lazy and oh they they commit crime. What do you want people to do at a certain point? They're your fellow. These are the people. These are we are the people. Yes, you need to. Ha- they are part of this. You need to help them. We'll see what happens. Yes, Oregon update. You ready for this shit? Mm-hmm. Not too much has changed. On Saturday, though, this is good. We were talking before the show. Yes. And you found you this tickled you as much as it uh, tickled me. A large group of heavily armed men, the Pacific, Pacific Patriot Network, arrived as quote a neutral party to provide quote protection and quote a buffer zone. They have now left, but this is the quote from uh, Todd McFarlane, who is the. Um, the militia media liaison, for lack of a better term. He goes, Eamon felt blindsided. This was not a welcome development. We are trying to de-escalate here. Then boom, they all show up. This whole group, this Pacific uh, Patriot Network or whatever, they show up with their long guns and all this crap, and they said that they're going to defend the militia from government, who isn't there, by the way. Yeah. Like, there's nothing going on there. Uh, and they didn't like it, even though it seems like the Oregon militia called for these people to show up at, at a certain point. They were like, we don't need food or water, but bring your guns. We, you know, I, I think they were calling for local people to come, not another militia. Right. Well, and that's that tends to be the issue with um, like little armies that kind of walk around autonomously and, and decide what <laughs> rules they don't like and whatever. It's a slippery slope because uh, we talked about it. I think the Oregon militia, these Eamon Bundy and whatever, I think they're not necessarily going to be a, a huge problem. I think that they are legitimately trying to deescalate. I think they just have a particular set of grievances that's more of a local issue that they want to deal with. Mm-hmm. I guarantee that there's other militias out there that are not going to be that way and they want to show up and they kind of want to get into a fight and they're not interested in, in making peace and de-escalating i think this is the time that we get a camera crew there and we can start a new show militia wars well that would be a fun show i would watch that hosted by i don't know ryan seacrest or mario lopez even yeah, yeah mario lopez would be fun um yeah i mean we're joking about it but that could actually turn into a real bad problem yes. especially if they start disagreeing with with each other they all have guns. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the that's the big problem there. 
we'll keep our eye on the situation but i thought it was amusing that that another militia shows up trying to protect whatever situation they think they're protecting and they're they don't like it listen it's just going to come to the point where whichever group has the most people and the longest guns come they're going to win yeah, maybe have to say. Yeah, and you know who ha- you know who has that group? What group that is? The government. Yeah, the United States fucking military, which <laughs> we bring all a know. Tank. Yeah, <laughs> are you crazy? We, uh, Russia doesn't have a big military as big a military as we do. Th- this, the Oregon militia, they're going to be able to, to fend off. Uh, come on, it's just a, it's a pipe dream. Uh, yeah, and they should go home before something happens. I, I agree. All right, that was a little update. Now on to Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton. Let me tell you this. She's annoyed me this week, uh, but not in a surprising way. We kind of knew this was coming. This is something that we talked about. Every debate, this issue comes up that she is trying to hammer Bernie Sanders on, and we'll see if it's working. We looked at a little bit of the poll numbers before we started doing the show. It seems like Bernie's up six, seven in New Hampshire. Mm. He's only down a few points in Iowa, maybe let's call it five points, and like eight points nationally. So, Hillary's probably starting to feel that a little bit, so she knows she has to go kind of on the offensive against Bernie Sanders. And the one issue we've talked about a number of times, it's guns. Hillary has begun hammering Vermont Senator and notable Democratic presidential challenger Bernie Sanders on his gun control record as national polls and numbers in Iowa have begun to tighten ahead of the February 1st vote. All right. Every debate, Joey, Yes, we said that this would hurt him, even though he's way more liberal and progressive than she is on every other issue, which is exactly why she's going after him on this particular issue. I have a couple of quotes here. Hillary was on Hardball with Chris Matthews. She says, maybe it's time for Senator Sanders to stand up and say, I got this one wrong. And we're going to get into the details kind of of what she's saying he got wrong. Also over the weekend, she said, Sanders' excuses to avoid responsibility for this vote Uh, which the NRA held as the most important 20 years, points at a clear difference that Democratic voters in our primary can take into account. Yeah, of course she's keen to say that because that's the only issue where Mm -hmm. they're going to look and be like, wait, Bernie Sanders is way more liberal liberal than her. She's a moderate, but this just happens to be the one issue where she's like a touch to the left of him and she's going to use that to her distinct advantage. The thing that she's talking about is called the... Protection of Lawful Commerce and Arms Act, which was signed in 2005. Got a couple of things I'm just going to read about it just to give the background, but you guys okay. should definitely, it's the PLCAA. Look it up. There's a website called smartgunlaws.org and you can go, you can read about it. You can see in practicality what cases um, they've successfully been able to use this law to protect the gun industry, which ones they haven't been able to, what, you know. We're not going to have time to get into that whole thing, but you could definitely go check it out. These are just a couple of things I'm going to say about it. Immunity statutes grant legal protection to gun manufacturers and dealers, shielding them from liability for a wide range of conduct. Similar immunity laws have been adopted in some form by the federal government in 34 states. So mm-hmm. not just a, a one-off. This is no, kind of the lay of the land. Yes. In 2005, Congress passed the Protection of Lawful Commerce and Arms Act, the PLCAA, a federal statute which provides broad immunity to gun manufacturers and dealers in federal and state court. Generally speaking, the PLCAA prohibits qualified civil liability actions, which are defined as civil or administrative proceedings, which result from the criminal or lawful misuse of firearms or ammunition. Essentially, if you sell me a gun and I go kill somebody, I'm not liable, right? Which you shouldn't be. 
Now, there's different examples where if you sell it to me and you know I'm going to go kill somebody, you can be held liable for that. These, to me, seem like reasonable things. And again, there's other issues in there uh, that you can go read about if you guys want to get more details about it. But to me, after reading it and kind of looking at this thing, it's not unreasonable that Bernie Sanders would have voted for this, especially as somebody from Vermont, which is a state that does hunting and things like this. And you want to be very careful about limiting that because hunting is not a problem, especially if you do it according to the law. And I'm assuming that he was voting in the best interests of the public, which they know how to manage the guns. Absolutely right. It's a little bit of personal responsibility. That's something that we have to accept because I do think that guns are a thing that we can have in this country. Again, the proliferation of them, the types of weapons, that's all up for up for grabs. How many of them? How many you're even, yeah, maybe even how many you're allowed to have. Ammunition, uh, strict background checks. Sure, I'm all for that, but I'm also for people going out legally hunting, eating the meat that you kill and all, all that stuff, being a responsible hunter. I'm fine with that. Bernie Sanders on ABC's This Week. This is his response to it. Because Hillary's doing that very clever thing where she's not, she's going, maybe it's time for him to just say I'm wrong. Because then it puts him in the position where he has to be like, I'm not wrong, but. Yeah. As soon as you say I'm not wrong, but, now people have tuned you out and they're like, oh, Hillary got him. And she's shrewd. She's a great politician. Maybe it'll backfire. We'll have to see. This is what Bernie Sanders had to say on ABC's This Week. He goes, "If if you have a small gun shop owner in northern Vermont, Is that a good Bernie Sanders? I think it is. Do you think I should just keep reading this quote as Bernie Sanders? Go for it. If you have a small gun shop owner in northern Vermont who sells a gun legally to somebody and then, you know, something happens to that guy, he goes nuts or something and he kills somebody, should the gun shop owner be held liable? I think not. He goes on to say, on the other hand, (laughs) (laughs) can't break out. I can't. If you have a manufacturer that is sending guns into an area and really knows that those guns are not being used by the people or brought by the people in that area, but are being sold to criminals. Should we hold that manufacturer liable? Absolutely. And that's all he said. That makes sense. Totally. It completely makes sense. It's frustrating that the whole, we'll see, we will find out what the democratic base is made of. Are they really paying attention to the, all the issues and the most important issues, money and politics, the stuff that Obama mentioned, Mm -hmm. getting people to vote, all this stuff, the corrosive element of money and politics, though, being the major one. Are they going to pay attention that Bernie Sanders is so fucking liberal and so progressive on that, that this type of stuff, which he's like an 89 out of 100, are they going to let him slide where Hillary's maybe a 91 out of 100? You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. this is not the fucking issue. But she's doing a smart thing and she's trying she's to make doing a this great thing. the issue. Yes. Uh, listen to this. So I said I had a little stat about Hillary Clinton here. Okay. And this is just... Again, it's just something I'm throwing out there, but it's interesting. Hillary has made $29 million from 12 big bank speeches since 2013. Wow. I, okay. Ton of money. You think she's going to be kind of beholden to those banks at some point? If just she, a little. Just a little bit. You think Bernie Sanders is pulling that type of coin out of the banks? No, he's not. No. They're going to hate that guy. Good. Because they're the ones that are ruining the country. Period. Ameriprise, Hillary Clinton made 225 grand from them. Apollo Management Holdings, 225 grand. Bank of America, 225 grand. Canadian Imperial Bank of Commerce, 150,000. How long is a speech? Like an hour and a half? Probably 40 minutes max. He show, shows up for 40 minutes. She does a little meet. She probably comes, does a little meet and greet, 
Sign a few papers. Facts. Yeah, and then they can invite people and be like, we have Hillary Clinton speaking here. We have a very hot, you know. Yeah. And meanwhile, it's like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Look at this. We have this high-ranking politician here. She's on our side, right? It's like oh. that type of thing. And she is at a certain point. She has to be. Deutsche Bank, $485,000. Fidelity Investments, two twenty-five. dollars Golden Tree Asset Management, two seventy-five. dollars Goldman Sachs, $675,000. Six hundred seventy-five thousand. Morgan Stanley two twenty-five. UBS two twenty-five. Keep that in mind. That's the lie. Keep that in mind. Oh, please. Her and Bill have made a fortune. I forget what I was reading. They made like a hundred and forty million dollars or something giving speeches since they've been out of office. Since Bill's been out of office. Jeez. Amazing. Because Bill said it. He was like, I, I was poor pretty much before I became president, and then he made like seventeen million the next year. Yeah. Woof. All right. Just keep that in mind. Again, it's just uh, just throwing it out there. Look, I really believe that the caucus, caucuses yeah. know what the issues are and will be able to vote upon those issues. And yeah. I don't feel gun control is that much of an issue. We'll see. Hopefully. The, the thing is, in Iowa, maybe it won't be. And that's the thing. They're not voting nationally. This is an Iowa vote. Mm-hmm. We're willing to bet people in Iowa have guns and they probably feel pretty good about having those guns. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Um it's close. It's probably closer than Hillary Clinton thought it would be. I still think when it comes it's down to- It's much closer than what she thought it would be. Totally. She, at the beginning of this, she wasn't even mentioning mentioning him as a cat, as a- uh, Yeah, a candidate, as a potential a challenger to her. Yeah, of course. Well, now he's here. He's, he's making noise, and he's making a shitload of money. People are donating a ton of money to him because of these attacks, which is great. That's real grassroots shit. We'll see, Joey. I, I'd like to get excited about... I mean, if he wins Iowa, if Bernie Sanders can win Iowa, he's going to win the whole goddamn thing because what is she going to do about that? It'd be like dominoes. Yeah, because nothing she will have done is working at that point. Like, if he can do it, or if he can come within three, you know, the margin of error type of vote, yeah. he might be in good shape. If she blows him out in Iowa, 15, 20 points, he'll keep going. But he's a wounded animal at that point. It's not going to. He, he would 100% have to win New Hampshire. 100%. Convincingly. Because she can. She has staying power. She has the money. She's got the She legs. can stay in it. She's not going anywhere. This is her last hurrah. This is her last chance at this thing. So she's not going to be an easy out. But we'll see what happens. Hopefully mm-hmm. the people are just paying attention and we can just. Let's just start over. Let's just try something new. See, to me, it's a non-issue. What is the gun thing? The gun thing. You know where Bernie. You know where Bernie Sanders stands on guns. You know that he's not as president. Is he going to like welcome the NRA? (laughs) Yeah. Like, what what do you think he's going to do? It just doesn't make any sense. That's going to backfire. Well, we'll see what happens. Hopefully, I mean, hopefully, people are paying attention. Ricky Gervais, the Golden Gloves. You ready to get into this Mm -hmm. now? I think I said it at the first episode of the year or the last episode of last year. I wanted to include a little more pop culture stuff, a little whatever, because this is like relevant to just kind of the general conversation about word policing and things like that. So I'm a little lighter that we can get into at the end of the show. I think we covered a, a number of good topics yes. already. So let's get into this. Now, you didn't watch the Golden Globes, I correct? Did not. Okay. I did watch them uh, because I'm a masochist and I felt like it so i kept it on i did not enjoy the awards program although i did really like ricky gervais and i thought he was funny throughout mm-hmm. caught he's caught some shit for quote transphobic jokes at the golden globes particularly about caitlin jenner which i don't think the jokes were really even about caitlin jenner and we're gonna play it you guys can make up your minds comment and okay. joe you'll tell me what you think 
before we do that, I want to read a couple of quotes. Uh, this is just from the article by this guy, Cole Delbeck, which was on the Huffington Post. This is what I wear. Oh, I saw. Okay. He says, although any one of these cracks at trans people's existence would have been enough to offend, using Caitlyn's dead name in front of the millions of people watching the Golden Globes is a reckless choice. Interesting. I've never heard that expression. A dead, dead name. name. Like Bruce Jenner, I guess, is her dead name. Well, I guess we haven't really had that much opportunity or circumstances as this, so I guess it's he's trying to coin a new term. I don't think he's coining it. I'm sure that's a term, but I just that's something I just never heard of. But what, okay, fine. Uh, we'll we'll get into it. It's impossible not to take a stand against Gervais's comments. No, it's not. <laughs> that's not true. It's definitely possible to not take a stand, especially considering 2015 was recorded as one of the most violent years in history for the transgender community. Before we get into hearing what the jokes are, how do you take that statement? Do you agree with that, that because there are dumb people out there that are going to act violently, we can't make a joke about somebody? It's not even about being transgender. It's just a joke about a transgender no, person. No, because it's censorship, and that is always a slippery slope. It's, just, it's not censorship, though. He's not saying he shouldn't be allowed. It's just saying you should take a stand against it if he's going to do it, because there are people that... Like, the thing I disagree with about this, and again, this could be a nice conversation that people can get in on SoundCloud and take a look at, but or go to ComedyVoices.com. You won't be able to comment, but you can sure listen on there. Subscribe. Um, what is that? Oh, it's the radiator. If he's, say, he's essentially saying that if you make a joke about somebody who's transgender, that somehow equates to transgender people are getting beaten up and killed and, no, and harassed. But it doesn't, right? I think those are two completely different things. And actually... I think the more you put things out there about trans people, whether it's jokes or, you know, information or personal experiences like we talked about earlier in the show, I think it's more likely that people are going to be more accepting of people who are different than them mm -hmm. and particularly trans people. We're going to get into it. Jill Soloway, who's the uh, creator of the show Transparent starring Jeffrey Tambor, who also had some other jokes made about him. Um that I thought if you're going to take offense to anything, like if you're going to get upset about it, they were sort of hacky jokes. Like Ricky Gervais was like, what does he do with his balls? Like when he's dressing up as a woman, it's just like kind of stupid jokes. Oh, okay. The Caitlyn Jenner one is kind of, again, kind of an obvious joke, but we'll get into it. Jill Soloway says, I know that his thing is to make fun of everything, but I think if more people understood the violence trans people face every day, it would be harder to make jokes about it. Maybe. I, I think you're assuming that Ricky Gervais doesn't understand the plight of trans people. He probably does. He's a comic. It, tends, it seems to me that comics are extremely sensitive sensitive, and extremely aware of what is going on in the world because that's what they're going to be commenting on. So they yeah, because how can you make a joke of something you don't understand? Absolutely. I mean, you can, it might, and it might even be a funny joke, but it turns out that the more you know about something, the more likely you are to hit the nail on the head and make a, a, a funny reference about that thing. Or you're making a point by making the joke or whatever it is. Again, I think the key word is jokes. Jokes are not making anybody want to go out and kill somebody. It's it's not that I'm blaming people that are defending this type of stuff, but it's it's the we can never joke about this. We this is too serious to joke. That's what makes people turn off to your ideas and be like, oh, forget those people. They're too sensitive or whatever it is. You know, what I mean? you know what I mean. Like you can take people's pain seriously and try to do the right thing to make them feel better but i think joking about stuff is like kind of the universal language of how everybody kind of relates yeah humans supposed to soften absolutely yes uh let's 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 all right so now we're talking about that just kind of in a vacuum now let's play the ricky gervais clip 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I have Ricky Gervais' response to this. He, he put up some stuff on Twitter. And then we can move on to the last thing, and we'll have you do your, uh, your fuck-up of the week, and we'll wrap it up nice and tight. This is Ricky Gervais at the Golden Globes giving his monologue. Uh, it's about a minute in. Let me just get to that one second. But as I say, I'm going to be nice tonight. I've changed. Not as much as Bruce Jenner, obviously. Now, that's sort of a hacky setup. Also, people in the room mm-hmm. laughing. They're going to cut to people in the room. They're all laughing. So you, you can almost say maybe people make the argument of, well, it wasn't funny. No, it was funny. No, people it were was laughing. Funny. People, everybody there got that it was a joke. Now, Caitlyn Jenner, of course. What a year she's had. She became a role model for trans people everywhere, showing great bravery in breaking down barriers and destroying stereotypes. Positive. She didn't do a lot for women drivers, but... (laughs) You can't have everything, can you? (laughs) Not at the same time. Anyway. Okay, that's the joke that they've said about... I mean, first of all, is that a joke about transgender people? No, it was a joke about all women that driving. Right, it's it's more a joke about women sucking at driving. That's the joke. Uh... Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Just this, this like all this. I, just something I want to bring up because we don't usually do this, and I think it's good that we we might we'll start peppering this stuff in because I think it relates to to all the other stuff. It's just a a culture. I get it. I don't want transgender people to be beaten up or killed. No, for not at all. They are. I completely support their right to do what they want and and feel comfortable in their body. But I also completely support a comic's right to make a joke about whatever they want, and if it's not funny. People won't laugh at it. Yeah, and and if that said comic, you know, puts out a joke that when people don't like it, then he'll lose his audience. Right. And that's the conclusion of that. Absolutely. And that's your recourse. If you don't like Ricky Gervais, don't go see Ricky Gervais. Now, again, this is a Golden Globes. It's a show. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of getting a mixed bit, but you know he's hosting. So maybe you, you just don't watch anything he does anymore. Yeah. That's the That's the thing. This is Ricky Gervais, and we, we can go on with this. This is what his uh, his Twitter says, at Ricky Gervais. Okay. This is a series of tweets, so I'm just going to read them. Suggesting a joke about Caitlyn Jenner is automatically transphobic is like suggesting a joke about Bill Cosby is automatically racist, which is a good point. Yes. I fucking love when you all argue. This is his next tweet. Then he goes, it's like a conversation. Viewer, I'm offended by a joke you made. Me. So? Viewer, you going to apologize? Me. No. Viewer, then I won't watch you again. Me. Correct. Yes. That's his point, right? That's all you have to do. Yeah. And again, you, uh, damn, I, that's a bad habit I'm getting into. And again, you can go online and you can write your blog post and you can write your article and you can complain about it. I, I, fine. But you got to recognize that he should be allowed to do it. It, it has to stop at, I'm just complaining about this. That's fine. And, I, and I, I don't like the comparison that him saying it is going to end up with more violence. I don't think that's the truth. He keeps going. You have every right to be offended. Just don't cry when no one cares. Hosting the globes has made me want to do a new standup show next year. Now that's when you're allowed to be offended. You whiny cunts with a smiley face. He goes, I made a joke about Caitlyn Jenner killing someone in her car. I'm transport phobic, which is Hmm. beautiful. And then he goes, outrage is the comedian's alchemy, which is true. The more outrage you're going to get at somebody like Ricky Gervais, the more he's going to come out with stuff. Yes. That's just the nature of a, a comic, essentially. It's fuel to the fire. 
Yeah, you're, you're just you're asking him to do more of that because you're reacting. <laughs> Some people found it funny. Other people were outraged by it. That's beautiful to him. That's the right reaction. Indifference is what bothers yes. comics. You know? And of course, it gets everyone talking about him. Oh, sure, which he doesn't necessarily need, but right. But, yeah. but he, what do you think? He's just going to go up there and like play the role? Like He's doing what Ricky Gervais does. If they didn't want him to do it. He wouldn't have been there. They wouldn't have him hosting it. Exactly. Uh, all right. Good. You think that was a that was a good discussion we had yeah. about it, right? You got anything else to say about it? I, I, I just don't see the jump where if you make a joke about something, it automatically leads to someone physically getting hurt. Totally. And I, I there probably is no actual like the same argument is made about Daniel Tosh, which like we talked about in the show. Is him making a rape joke making more people get raped? No. It, potentially, yes, it could make somebody who had been raped feel bad because they don't like to hear about that type of thing. But unfortunately, that might happen, and then that's their move to leave. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And not participate in stuff like that. But you can't nerf the world. You can't make sure that nobody's going to get hurt. And and I don't want transgender people to be killed or, or no, not them. at all. But you, you can't police literally everything. And this is the stuff that you shouldn't probably be worrying about too much. All right. Quickly, let's close up with this because I don't want this to drag on too much. Selfie monkey, you excited about this? Yes. On Wednesday, a federal judge ruled the monkey named Naruto, who's a macaca monkey, uh-huh. took a picture of himself when the photographer David Slater left his camera unattended, does not and cannot have ownership of the selfie. So this federal judge says the monkey who took the picture of himself using a camera cannot have the copyright for it. Slater, the photographer mm-hmm. who contends he holds the copyright, has asked Wikimedia Commons to take the image down, but they've refused claiming the image is public domain as it was taken by an animal. So it can't actually be copyrighted by him or the monkey. It's a public domain thing. It's a, it's an image out there. PETA has been fighting for Naruto's right to own the copyright, which is kind of crazy. Now, this is this is <laughs> U.S. District Judge William Oreck, the guy that made the ruling uh, saying that he can't hold the copyright. He goes, while Congress and the president can extend the protection of law to animals as well as humans, there is no indication that they did so in the Copyright Act. I'm not the person to weigh into this. This is an issue for Congress and the president. If they think animals should have the right to copyright, uh, the right of copyright, they're free, I think, under the Constitution to do that. Let's hear what David Slater has to say about it, because it sounds stupid on its base. Like, why can't the monkey have it? Does it matter whether the monkey has it? Well, because it sounds like he's losing money. That's right. And he's going to explain kind of like, look at the show. You, you like this monkey. You guys should look at it. I mean, if you type in selfie monkey, it's unbelievable because it really is just a monkey taking a picture of himself and he's fucking smiling smirking in one and smiling broadly in the other one. It's really funny. It's he kind of looks like he knows exactly what he's doing. He appears to know exactly what is going on. Absolutely. Which I mean, which I mean should be enough for him to own the copyright. Well, here's David Slater's argument and then we can just wrap up uh, after he talks. Uh, a bit of a look. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was uh, after a three-day um, exploration of a forest in northern Sulawesi in Indonesia. Um, the monkeys followed me around. I followed them around. They got too used to me. Um, eventually, they started grooming me. They were touching me. Oh, it was he says that weird, doesn't he? He did. The monkeys were grooming me and touching, touching my me. peep. Okay, <laughs> David Slater, this guy's a creep. No, he seems like a all right guy. An experience, but I still wanted that one shot. That one shot, full in the face. Just <laughs> Son of a bitch! This guy's like a double entendre wizard. Yep. Faction and to give it to an agent. Therefore, 
I could promote the conservation issue. But it wasn't going to happen, not unless they took the photograph themselves. And I did that by setting it up on a tripod with a cable release, walking a few meters away, allow them to come in, watch their own reflections, play with the camera, play with the cable release, and bingo, they took their own shot. Sounds okay, like a lie. Yeah, are you being serious? It sounds like a lie. To sounds you. like a lie. It sounds. I don't know. I mean, it could, here's. I think it's possible that that's the truth. That this guy like planned it out. Like these monkeys, they're cure. I mean, if he spends time with them for a few days, mm-hmm. he obviously is out there in the wilderness quite a bit. So he's spending time with animals. He probably understands them. He gets that they're curious. They're intelligent enough that they'll be able to figure something out. He could have set it up. It also could have been as simple as he went to take a leak. He left the camera there. The monkey took the picture, and I think now that's he's. What happened. But but he should probably just own the copyright. But yes, let, but he should own the copyright. Okay, but let's see what it, let, let him finish here. Well, they don't claim they own the image. They think they think that everybody owns the image. It, it's it's free to use simply because a monkey pressed the shutter. There's no consideration of the effort, the skill, the technical knowledge behind it, the vision. They just think some something in U.S. copyright law enables them to do this. Well, sadly, it's never been tested. They're guessing, and they are ruining my income stream in doing this. They are acting as judge and jury in a law case, and they're going to be in big trouble if a judge eventually rules in my favour. I'm getting a lot of free advice, and a lot of lawyers are offering free advice, and I think really I've been goaded into pursuing this, so just watch this space. I'm, I'm going to take the advice, and I think this is probably something to, to look for, and copyright law hopefully will be changed forever after this. Photographers worldwide are now having their images stolen thanks to the access of the internet. Google Images, people think it's free. It's almost a culture of just taking. No, it is free, though. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is free. You might own the copyright, but it is 100% free, my friend. Yep. Don't ask. Um, yeah, it's also a full-time job now, just chasing people that take it for free. Um, and it is a big problem. At the same time, we have corporations lobbying governments in order to relax the copyright laws so they can use the images for free. And at the same time, book deals are being done by agencies competing with themselves. The fees that we can charge are dropping and dropping and dropping. And the profession as a photographer, let alone a wildlife photographer, is almost unsustainable now. All right. I mean, I'm, I, I feel for that guy. I mean, that's yes. a legitimate. He's bringing up legitimate points. Uh, it's just unfortunate for him. I think that the picture is awesome. Like, it seems like you just said the monkey looks like he picked up the cameras like cheese and took a picture of himself. Well, here's the thing that I'm having trouble understanding. I apologize to everybody for the uh, you can hear in the background, the, the radiator. Just deal with that. It's his camera. Yeah. That in itself is enough for me to give him the copyright. Right. It's his camera. If it wasn't for him and his camera being there the picture would not exist sure yes more than enough yeah i agree i mean he should hold the copyright first of all why can't he pete is fighting for the monkey to hold the for the for the monkey to hold the copyright why because the monkey is going to then get money that he's going to spend well maybe yeah maybe yes yes joey because maybe in a hundred thousand years or something when him and his friends have evolved and they can talk and you know it get involved in commerce yes then this monkey has a nice nest egg no i mean why not it, it, well here's a compromise you're right the monkey's not gonna fucking spend the money he or, can't or spend whatever. the money anyway he can't give you permission to use the image why don't you say look slater you have the copyright you're sharing it with naruto the monkey if anytime the monkey wants to use that image he can he can and you have to share you know uh if he gets a bank account you have to put <laughs> half the money in there 
done okay because then it's fine but it's certainly not public domain i don't think i think he can own the image and the the monkey shit but it's not just a free image that's out there because it didn't just materialize next guy had to spend his money go out to the jungle take the picture do all that stuff you know and trick the monkey into taking the picture so yeah just an interesting thing it's a little bit of culture a little bit of uh, other stuff again a pretty balanced show i feel like joey yes let's do this let's give our little plugs and whatnot okay you wrap the show up with your fuck up of the week sound good sounds great guys soundcloud.com slash mandatory samson you can go on there listen to this episode all the other episodes we've ever done you can leave comments on those i respond to them that's great follow us subscribe on there that's awesome share it with your friends you can also go to comedyvoices.com i'd like to push you guys to at least go check that out and see see uh what that looks like it's a pretty cool interface you can't leave comments on there yet but you can subscribe and um you know, the episodes come out the exact same way. It's just a, just a different platform that we're trying to get people to go check mm-hmm. out. So if you would do that, that'd be awesome. YouTube.com slash Mandatory Samson. I put up the full episode videos on there. I've been a little lax about it. I, I get them up in a couple of days. It's, I got a lot going on, Joey, so it takes a while to like upload the video, and sometimes I have other stuff to, uh, to work on, but I, but I do get them up there eventually. Uh, you can also watch the show stream live every Thursday at 4 p.m. You can go to YouTube.com slash Mandatory Samson. And on there, there's a live stream link that you can check out. Email us, MandatorySamson at gmail.com. Full 22, you can Snapchat me emails. Everybody else, MandatorySamson at gmail.com. On Twitter, I'm at Mansamp. Joey. It's Joey from Jersey with a Z. And Snapchat, same deal. We love you guys. We got the debates next week. So we'll have coverage of that. If there's something super pressing, we'll get into that as well. But I think it should be uh, largely a debate recap, which which should be pretty fun. Yes. Um, all right. So, yeah, we'll talk to you guys next week. But, Joey, hit me with your fuck-up of the week, sir. Okay. The fuck-up of the week comes from Penbroke Antonio. Antonio. Nah. Penbroke Antonio. No, not Antonio. Antonio. Help. Uh, Canada. Oh, oh, Alberta? No. What are you saying? I can't see Antonio. your... Antonio. Oh, Ontario. Ontario. Son of a bitch. There yeah. we go. Okay. Where a 17-year-old kid charged $7,625.88 on a credit card that was deemed for emergencies. Uh-huh. What was he doing? On the Xbox Live account, he bought in-game purchases and upgrades for FIFA, yeah. which is the soccer game. Sure. The child's name has not been released because he is underage. Right. The bill came on December 23rd, 2015, two mm, days nice before Christmas. Nice little Christmas present yeah. there for the mom, yeah. Mr. Perkins, uh-huh. the father, said, there will never be another Xbox system or any gaming system in my home. Oh, boo. boo. Come on, bro. So how does a kid spend $8,000 on in-game purchases? I'll tell you something. Here's, here's what I was just saying, because you told me what the fuck up was before the show, and I was like, oh, I get it. Uh, it's a lot. That's an extraordinary amount of money. I mean, he yes. obviously did not show enough restraint that he should have however with these ea games these sports games in particular there's different modes of the games so in the hockey game that i play nhl uh-huh. 16 there's a mode called hockey ultimate team you sign up you get you create a team a team name you get to collect all the jerseys from around the world and all this stuff. Ooh. And it's sort of like a pickup game that you play against other people online. So you get a deck of cards, and in the cards you could have Sidney Crosby or Brandon Dubinsky or whatever random hockey players or football players, mm-hmm. soccer players that you're playing with. Uh, and then you can you win coins by winning games, okay. which enables you to buy more cards to make your team better. So there's like a very clear 
line between playing the game and doing well, getting money, and then doing better. There's also the option to buy cards, packs of cards, with real money or coins that you win. The problem with buying it with coins is that it takes fucking forever to get enough coins to buy a good pack, and then if you don't get a good player in that pack, you're pissed. So so he got a Michael Jordan rookie card. Or whatever, or he was trying to get a bunch of good cards yeah. or something, uh, which I spent a little bit of money trying to get some good players. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, it, I can definitely see the rabbit hole that you can go down by, by trying to buy these packs to get better players because it's just more fun to have better players, obviously. And it takes fucking forever to, to save. You'd have to play thousands of hours to, to get enough coins just by playing, you know? But instead, you spend $8,000. 8000 is a lot. Uh, that's quite a bit. I mean, a game costs 65 bucks. Say you spend another 200 bucks or something, which is a lot. But that's fun. If that's the only game you're going to buy or that's the game you mm-hmm. play all the time, you know, I, I understand that. I'm not saying that's how much I spent. The credit card was supposed to be for emergencies. Emergencies. Well, listen, it uh-huh. is an emergency. He was probably losing. <laughs> he needed to buy a new jersey, just feel a little bit better about his team and get some better players in there. I get it. I mean, that's a terrible amount of money to spend. Like, that's annoying. That's like a real problematic amount of money. But I totally understand the slippery slope of it. Especially if you're 17, whatever, you're not even in college yet. Like, you probably go to school, you come home, and you want to play that fucking game all day. I can see how that's addictive for sure. Yeah. It's like gambling, essentially. That's really what it is. That, that's what's fun about it. Because you, you buy the card pack. I know it from doing it myself. Because you, you don't know what's coming pack. in there. You don't know what's coming in there. Ooh, maybe I got an Evgeny Malkin. Ooh, maybe I got a, an Ovechkin. The other thing is if you get these great players, you can sell them like in an mm-hmm. online marketplace in the game for like a million coins, which is now you can buy any player you want. You can build your team exactly. So there's a lot of like, it's fun. It makes yes. the game more fun. So that's probably the kind of the uh, the little spiral that kid went down, but that's that is way too much money. And uh, but whatever, he should be able to have an Xbox. Just don't let him play online. Yeah, take that away from him. That was a good fuck up, Joey. I enjoyed that. Well, thank uh, you. Good episode, big guy. Great episode. All right, yeah, they usually are. Uh, we really appreciate all the support from you guys. We gave you all our plugs and all that stuff. Enjoy the debate, which already happened, but we will uh, we will be watching a little bit later tonight, and uh, we'll have coverage of both the Democratic and Republican debate next week. We love you all, and we'll talk to you then.